Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do, thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's it'll fine. be fine, yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 143 of the Corona Diaries. Isn't it? Isn't it and, indeed? Uh, and I can't help noticing that your spirits have taken an upward trajectory during what? the first part of our little chat. <laughs> in the last in the last 5 to 7 minutes since we got on the call. That's the effect this podcast has on me as well. Yes. I, I often join you in the depths of depression only to feel great moments later. So there we are. Is it is it TCD or is it just is it just the effect we have on each other? I think our oh goodness knows what it is. Does it matter it's, if we know? It's not drink because it's the crack of dawn. Yeah, so it's only quarter past ten. That's what it's not. God knows what it is. Mm. Mm. You just said to me, and we started off. We didn't start off. Um, after a little bit of therapy, minor therapy, uh, I said to you, "How's vibes?" Didn't I? You did. And I was happy to report that he's completely recovered, uh, feeling dandy, and gone to school. Um, Lynetta, on the other hand, um, contracted the bug on... I think she started testing positive on Wednesday last week and is still pos. And she's not dreadfully ill, but she's not dreadfully well either. Mm. She's in She's in bed at the moment. She's... Uh, a, you know, a bit washed out and can't... She can stand up, but uh, I don't think it's effortless. Right. Right. So it's down to you then? I appear to be so far resilient, mm. but then we shall see. We shall see. I, I Last time I tested, I was neg. I feel fine. We ran out of lateral flow tests. We ran out of chromatograph, chromatograph, I don't even know how to say it, chromatograph. We ran out of those lateral chromatographic tests. Well, keep, keep all the all the goes in because it makes the episode longer. Chromatrochromacrotimo. And um, so I've got to pop the boots, or not the dog, the chemist, Um and uh, my ears fell out. And um, buy some more this morning so I can test myself. Because if I'm, if 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 I've gone pause, then I sh- probably shouldn't go into the studio. No. Um, but I feel fine, and if I'm not positive, I'll go. You do look well. Your hair's got a got a natural shine to it. Is your, is your nose wet? <laughs> Well, now I'm looking at myself on the screen, I beg to differ. I think I look disastrous. Oh, right, okay. 
But that could just be because I always think I look 15 years younger than I actually do. Whenever I catch sight of myself, it comes as such a shock. Do you give a little shriek? My mother used to say, you know, she says, I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror and this old woman's staring back at me and... And I've I've got to that age now where I look at myself and go, oh my God, what happened? But there's no escaping it, isn't there? No. Well, not not yet. Anyway, they're no. working on it, aren't they, in California? Something I did read over the weekend. Something about you know the, being able to overcome the effects of aging. Hmm. Um, mm. I mean, that's all well and good, but if you're going to keel over with with cancer at 75 does it matter what you look like yes all right then fine. i want to look young and keel <laughs> right, over suddenly right. please in which case then contact simon cal get the name of his get the name of his his, his person the person who does his oh. lifts and his tucks <laughs> i'd like to know who makes his horrible jeans is <laughs> the ones he wears just under his armpits i think he must have those made specially i think he must <laughs> i it's oh. a whole to hold his saggy tits up. Yeah. Either made specially or he probably doesn't pay a lot for them. <laughs> it's one of the other. They're either very, very cheap or very, very expensive, I would have thought. Well, we shouldn't take the Mickey. No. Until we know why his waistband is so high. It could be some awful medical condition. Is there, is there an awful medical condition that means that your waistband is so high? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Quite, be quite funny if it was a condition of the bowel, wouldn't it? Because then we could make up a little rhyme about Simon. We could, we could. (laughs) (laughs) What rhymes with cowl? That's that's probably the episode title, actually. (laughs) We need another one. Towel. If it's going to be a limerick. (laughs) Trowel. Trowel. If you want to send in Simon Cowell... No, probably better not say that. We'll be inundated with him. Dowell? Yes. I think that might be the lot. That might be the lot. Right. Okay. I was just having a quick look. Um, I was looking back at the diary for last week uh, because when I was listening to it for the QC, something <laughs> struck me. Uh, and I thought, oh, that was interesting. I missed that when I read it. Wasn't and... Ed McDuffery, was it? No. With a brick. And, uh, the no, 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 with a baseball bat. No. Um, nowhere near a library. No, it sorry. wasn't that. Sorry to, sorry to bring him up. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's, it's, all, it's all part of the therapy. Um, it, there was a little cr- little chink of light for, for comedy input. And a, you know. Little chink of comedy light. Um... <laughs> No, I can't find the bit I w- that, that caught my attention, but I then went to have a quick look about Don Airy, because you were, you were singing Don, Air- Don Airy's praises last week. Yes, as well I might, as a musician and as a human being. He's lovely. Mm. Well, here's the link to you then. Mm. So he went to the University of Nottingham. Oh, did he really? Mm. Yeah, well done, Don. He probably went to the, the proper uni. I just went to the poly. It's called Trent Uni now. But Don was probably down the road at the proper place. Right, well, I'm not sure because Wikipedia didn't give me that much that much in the way of, of, of information. Well, um, but, but yes, yeah. he Nottingham University and then College of Music, I think. Um, I was going to say he was probably studying 
proper music. I think he did do proper on, music. Unlike my good self. <laughs> unlike your good self, who decided to be a musician after studying electronics. Um, yes, um, I was one of those people who learnt everything I know in a shed, <laughs> as opposed to... Uh... There's a lot of people like that. It's not a problem. <laughs> They're usually the the ones to keep an eye on, to be honest. He's had quite a he's had quite a career. Um, uh, bless him. Uh, he's played with Gary Moore. Uh, he's played with Rainbow. Uh, he's played Ooh. with Ozzy Osbourne. He's played with White Snake, Jethro Tull, um, and but uh, Judas Priest. Um, mm. He played on "Love Shine a Light" by Katrina and the Waves, um, which was their Eurovision Song Contest uh, entry. That's right, yeah. Uh, and that before joining Deep Purple in, in two thousand and one. Um, Did that win? Did that win? Love Shine a Light. I've got a sneaking suspicion. In fact, yes, it did. If I read to the end of the sentence, which is what sentences are good for, it mm. did win. Oh. It did win. Well, it did win. Um, I'd just like, could we just pause for a moment while I bask in your Eurovision knowledge glory? That's oh, yeah. It. That's it. I've finished. Oh, Come yeah. Is it, we ought to almost put, if, if it's possible in the edit, we'll put a little bit of Katrina of the Waves underneath this point. Love, shine a light. In every corner of my heart. Yes, and a little fanfare when I say didn't that win because I don't normally don't know shit about Eurovision. Have you got the same Eurovision references that we all have, which is Books Fizz and Abba. Abba. Waterloo. Yeah, and, and probably Cliff doing congratulations. Well, I've got Come Back and Shake Me by Clodagh Rogers. That's never far from the front of my mind. Come Back and Shake Me. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not. Of course you have. Of course you have. (laughs) I don't know what else to say apart from that. Um, Back back on Don Airy, uh, Eurovision uh, Song Contest... (laughs) Uh, winner to a certain extent. Did you know you wouldn't have known that when he was fronting up Deep Purple, were you? No, and I didn't know he'd played with Rainbow, otherwise I might have sidled up to him and said, you know, what's Richie Blackmore like then? Uh, Because Don must be straddling a strange kind of, uh, you know, what's the word? Well, he's straddling because... I don't think it's much love lost between Ian Gillen and Richie. Yeah. Um, in fact, there may not be much love lost between the entire band and Richie. Um, and I wonder why that is, and and whether that puts Don in a slightly oozy friend um, position. Um, mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm, or whether yeah. they're mature enough to go. Well, you played played with him. That doesn't mean you know necessarily anything. And it and it looks um, like he was there for about two or three years with Rainbow. Mm. Rainbow sandwiched in between Black Sabbath and some work with Gary Moore. By the looks of things, it's all very um, rock with a capital R. It's isn't it? it's Don it's stuff. very rock with a capital R. It's very Kerrang rock, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Very Kerrang rock. Apart from the work he did with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I You're guess the kidding. stuff with no, yeah, yeah, it worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
Ah, uh, well, that's Weber with a capital W. Mm. Mm. But, 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 back, but the other thing, the other thing that slightly links him to you. Oh. Uh, he's slightly linked to me because he's born on the same day as me, uh, same day as my dad. But oh. slightly linked to you, um, which was following his studies at the University of Nottingham and his diploma at the Royal Northern College of Music. Uh, he formed a band and worked on a P&O cruise liner, or on P&O cruise liners travelling around the world. Oh. There you are, you see. Oh, I wonder if anyone tried to murder him. I don't know. I don't know. There was no obvious scar tissue. You could could almost be his younger brother, couldn't you? Well, there'd be much worse older brothers for a chap to have. I, I would think so. Yeah, he's, he was he was really nice when we were on tour with him. Every day, I don't know if I said it in the diary, but every day he would come in and sound check on his own and the rest of the band wouldn't really bother. And he'd come in and, you know, run through his, uh, his solos and whatnot. So... He's a pro, you know. He just wanted it to be right and to be sharp. And and the other thing Don did was each town that they played in, he would include something in the solo that referenced that town. Ooh, that's clever. Yeah, and he'd bang, he'd bang something in. He'd bang a little a little moment in that was, you know, if, I mean, obviously we were in Germany, so if if we were anywhere near where Beethoven was born, he'd throw a bit of Beethoven in, or if we were anywhere down near, you know, in the area of whoever, you know, Mozart or whatever, he would, he would throw something in mm. on the fly, which was impressive. Um, so he's proper mm. and very nice. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I've warmed to Don Airy, really have. Mm. Um, well, it's not only from what you've said, but then reading that little bit about him. Yeah, proper fella, proper fella. Anyway, are you ready? Because mm. we're going to have a, a run-up at Sounds That Can't Be Made. How are you feeling? Do you need a minute? I'm, I'm, fe- <laughs> I'm feeling confident. How are you feeling confident? <laughs> that was definitely me on that record. <laughs> How's that? For a yes, let's let's go with that. It was definitely you on that record. Well, I mean, we've kind of skirted around a little bit. We've talked a little bit about power. We've talked a little eensy bit about Lucky Man. Um, and by the way, I like the guitar sound. I'd I'd, I'd uh, listened to it again mm. this morning. Uh, I know what you mean about that kind of Beatles sound. And there's a couple of ch- there's a couple of chord changes that are very Beatles esque. Yeah, there there are, and that that riff, the down 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 down, just sort of reminded me of, um, I guess uh, I want you, she's so heavy, you mm. know, and I thought it'd be cool to have that sound going, but you know, looking looking back. I mean, it's great to be be influenced by the Fabs, but there's there's very little point in ripping them off to the degree the degree that you kill yourself getting all the sounds and everything. Mm. I mean, some people are very good at that. Carl Wallinger's great at that, actually. The World Party, World Party stuff. He has yeah. a he has a, a kind of brilliance of capturing those the sounds of certain eras. You know, mm. that, um, he's very clever at that. 
And Dave Greggs is uh, D- Dave Greggs can get that Beatles sound that that belly kind of bang bang bang. Uh, he knows how to do it, but um, I guess there'd have been no. I, I mean, I just wanted I just wanted to have that on the record, but Rather um, saw it his own way, and that's fair enough. Kudos to him. I still, sounds great. I, I still, mean, the song sounds great. Yeah, I still think there's there's. There's nods to the Beatles in there, though. Oh, God, there are, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, maybe we went far enough. Just with uh, some of the moves and the chords are very Beatly. Mm. In the same way that, I mean, I wish we ever talked about Tears for Fears, didn't they, with Sowing the Seeds of Love, how Beatles-esque that was. But probably yeah. not in the instrument sounds necessarily, more in the arrangement and, and, and probably a bit where the, down the chords and where the, you know, the melody went. I think that's en- yeah. I think that's enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was very high on the wall. I see, wasn't it? Hmm. Got the Ringo drum fills. Got, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But no, yes, yes. Did did listen again this morning. Did thought yes, nice nice nods there, but probably enough. So yeah, think think we're happy with that. Obviously, everybody's getting excited about hearing that live now. I know. I'm gonna. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> and, and none of well, the bands know. I can only ask. <laughs> They'll all go. Are you having a laugh? It'll take us till March to get that that together, and we've got the rest of the show to do. But, but we'll we'll see what they say. They're all blissfully unaware at the moment. I can tell you what they'll say. Rothers will just go. <sighs> Pete will go. Yeah. <laughs> With that smile. <laughs> Mark will go. I don't think so. And that'll be that. Right. Please tell me Mark will put a sunshine at the end of that. I don't think so, sunshine. <laughs> It'll, uh, well, you know, you never know. You never know. I mean, I, mean, I can't second guess them. Uh, maybe they'll all go, what the hell? What the hell? I mean, they're probably amazed that they'll probably be saying, I thought you didn't like it. That's probably what they'll mm. say. Because whenever it's been suggested in the past, I've groaned. But that's because I haven't listened to it. And then I listened to it and like, fuck, that's fantastic. So there we are. They probably what play when you you're out the room. <laughs> yeah, has he gone? <laughs> quick. <laughs> Let's have a quick lucky man while he's not here. Are we feeling lucky? Yes, H is gone. Right, <laughs> okay. I wonder if there is any of that, the, the as he gone thing. There probably is. <laughs> probably isn't is. There? They probably paid it for two days solid in Portugal before you got there. <laughs> right, back on back on to sounds that can't be made. You've had your pause. I'm, I'm taking a run up. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna start. I, said, I obviously <clears throat> said last week I wasn't gonna start with Gaza. And we have talked a lot about Gaza. And I think the story about the lyric and the, you know the the number of people you spoke to and everything around that time, I think I think we, it's kind of very very well documented. What I was going to ask you about Gaza, which is probably different to the rest of it, is how do you feel about it now? Ten years has, has settled. The the initial kind of hysteria, not hysteria, but the initial comments, backlash, whatever you want to call it, that's all gone through. It's been played live, you know, a fair bit. Where, where are we? Where are we now? Where, how do you feel about it now? I, I don't, I don't think it comes across as overly naive, which was always my great fear about Gaza. Um, 
and every other aspect of the lyric of um I don't know if I was to write it now I might make it hit even harder um because I've become more upset about that situation the more I've learned about it um talking to um people on the west bank or I, I mean it's such a sad situation that I'm reluctant to name anyone mm. for fear of how that might affect their lives which sounds a bit dramatic but I'm I'm not I don't think it is over dramatic you've got to be so careful if you live there if you're um, on the Palestinian side you've got to be very careful even even with what you would say in conversation um, to people like me in case they open their big mouths on a podcast and uh, grass you up and, and then I mean people on the West Bank live in fear because um, the houses which many of them have built on their own land um, under the uh, state of Israel's law you can't build a house without planning permission, even if you own the land, which I guess is the same as England. The The only difference is planning permission is never granted. Mm. And you've got to live somewhere. So people live in their houses. And the, the Israeli authorities fairly routinely come along at the crack of dawn with... with with uh, bulldozers and soldiers and knock people's houses down and just go, right, off you go. And so if you're, you're living, most of the people who live on the West Bank live with that axe hanging over them, the the very real possibility that uh, someone could come along and, and, and demolish their homes. Imagine having to live like that. Mm. Um with that reality. And so they're extremely careful what they say to anyone because if they're in any way if you know, if if if, if they pop up on on the radar somewhere of the of the um, authorities, then the authorities could easily take vengeance upon them by destroying their home. So I've you know I've spoken to people on the West Bank since I wrote that song um and it's really it's really awful how they have to live and I know that you know to be even handed the the Israeli authorities have to deal with from time to time terrorist acts that come out of that you know out of those enclaves from hot-headed young men and organizations and you know that have simply had enough of the status quo and so they you know they they have they have to feel secure but then on the other hand as far as the rest of the world is concerned a lot of a lot of the settlements that that Israel then builds having demolished Palestinians' homes, uh, are illegal. 
in the, in the in the eyes of the rest of the world. And that doesn't seem to bother Netanyahu. In fact, his his new coalition is um, even more right wing than anything he's you know he's got people in the coalition now who are proper extremists. Um, and and that doesn't you know right wing extremists and that and that doesn't bode well at all for you know pe- people who would happily just drive the Palestinians into the sea and have done with them are now part of the Israel, Israeli government. We just have to hope that their influence remains limited to some degree by the voices of sanity. And the great many, um, the, the great many is Israeli citizens and Jews who, who are even more outraged than I am by the status quo. Um, there's a lot of pushback within Israel um and 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 a lot of his and a lot of israeli um organizations that that are very pro human rights and pro the rights of palestinians so this this isn't an anti-semitic thing i'm trotting out here because a great a, a great many jews in israel are, are, are demonstrating themselves against against the right wing um so if I was to write it now, I don't know. I'd, 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 it'd probably, I'd find it hard not to stray into something that's really outright critical. Mm. And I tried not to cross that fence when I was writing Gaza. So I think it still stands up. I don't think it sounds naive. I don't think it's factually incorrect. Um there's a couple of things I'd perhaps change, which, but no, I think it stands up. And what reaction, if any, do you get to it now? Do people still comment? Do you still is it is it still something that will come up at conventions or at gigs or in articles? No, not that I've noticed. I, I didn't get a lot of negative comment, even when even when we put it out, and I was expecting this tsunami of outraging some degree of, of of abuse to come back and you know I could probably count count the emails on two hands mm. um, and as I've often said before interestingly none of the none of the outrage came from Israel it all came from parts of the world where they really don't know what's going on yeah. if I'm honest you know that it was knee jerk how dare you criticize the the Jews yeah you know um it was knee jerk stuff from people who are abroad and I suspect don't truly know what it's like to live there that's always I, I, it's a little bit like you uh, not. I mean, <clears throat> I don't want to, to to belittle it by putting it against something like Brexit. But you, you you know you look back at the Brexit vote and all the areas where the the more multicultural areas where communities mix and where people, a lot more uh, people have come in, a lot more immigration and people have settled. None of those places voted leave. Mm. You know the the places that voted leave when you when you look at the numbers with the places where 
for argument's sake, immigration not only wasn't a problem, it wasn't even visible. Yeah, I don't honestly have... I'm not party to, to, to that information, so I can't comment. But, I mean, I think a lot of what drove Vote Leave, apart from Boris and the big lie on the, on the side of the bus, was... Um, I think there are parts of of England where unemployment was really high, um, where there was a fair degree of economic hardship and social decay, and they just thought, well, anything's better than this. Yeah. Let's shake it up. Oh, there's no doubt it was a free I, hit. I think it was... People will always do that, mm. won't they, when they're... When, if they're skint and unhappy and and feeling the pinch, they'll they'll blame it on the system. And so, if somebody's waving a flag saying "Let's vote for change," you'll vote for change. Yeah. It's the oldest trick in the book, isn't it, with the politicians? You know, ch- change. Change, you know, what change? <laughs> change from what to what? They usually don't say. They just say, let's vote for change. And everybody goes, yes, let's vote for change. And then six months later says, where's my change? Yes, exactly. Mm. Has anyone got any spare change? Any spare change going? <laughs> I'll point you in the direction of a certain Mr. Farage. Um mm. d- in terms of the Gaza as a track being played live, I mean, obviously you played it when the album came out, and I guess, it, but it's not been played that much since, has it? Well, if it hasn't, it's not because we, of any kind of insecurity, or you know, reputationally, or or in terms of controversy, it's certainly not because of that. Because everybody enjoys playing it. Um, it's probably just the fact that um, it's quite a long song. It takes up a lot of room in the set. Oh, we've got so many songs to stick in. And like Easter, I guess, we we sometimes feel that let's give it a rest. Mm. It doesn't mean we're, we're in any way not proud of it. It's just that um, we... I mean, particularly in the case of Easter, we felt we played it to death. It's on all the DVDs. It's like, here's Easter again. You know, how many times are we going to ask the fans to to buy a DVD with Easter on it? So we, we've ended up almost editing Easter out of things, not because we don't think it's a good song, but just because it's been done to death. Um, I guess Gaza hasn't been done to death, but it, it does take a lot of room up in the mm. set. And the other thing about Gaza, it's a bit like the Invisible Man. You can't just bung it in mid-set. No. It just, it, it, you know, because it builds up so slowly at the beginning that it would make this massive hole if you stuck it in the middle of a set. It's got to be either at the front or, or, or first encore or second yeah. encore. I was just about to say it's either first encore or, or intro, isn't it? There's, there's no, really yeah. nowhere else to put it. It's um, very much like the Invisible Man, except it, you know, I don't have, I can, I can, I can, 
I can put that big white shirt on a lot quicker than I can get into that invisible man suit. So <laughs> we always need a few moments. Or some Velcro on that invisible man suit. Oh, I know, I know. That's what pros would do, darling. But I've yeah. just never got around to it. Yeah, I need, I need something making with a zip up the back or something. Have you not? Have you not got a sewing machine? While the house is quiet, we have got a sewing machine. Actually, uh, uh. maybe that's something I could dedicate myself to over the summer. Is learning how to use it. I think you should. <laughs> just get lost. In I've, fact, we've could... got a very full life, Anthony. We could turn it into the bonus content. <laughs> what, just the sound of me sewing? Yeah, yeah. Haberdashery <laughs> with H. Sewing and swearing. Sewing and swearing. <laughs> That's what it'd be. Yeah, the odds be and just... so cast. It'd <laughs> be just the clattering of the machine and a lot of Anglo-Saxon in the background. Or, or you trying to thread a needle for 15 minutes. Mm, exactly. Nearly there, nearly there, nearly got the you. Same thing. Nearly got you. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I think that would be a winner. <laughs> yeah, Absolute no, winner. It's no good blaming me for not getting through sounds that can't be made <laughs> when, when when you're on sewing machines at the first blinking. Well, it was only, it was only to, to resolve your invisible man suit problem. <laughs> That's what took us there. What I was trying to say was... Yeah. That's why we haven't played Gaza much. Right. Because it takes you a long time to put the suit on for Invisible Man. It's the dressing up. Right. It's the, no, it's not the dressing up. It's the slow intro. It, the it fact is. that we can't drop it into the middle of a set. No. No, I mean I mean in, in reality it's it is an intro it's gotta be an intro, hasn't it? I mean I, I get the I get the whole um Encore One thing as well, but it's Because uh, it's still a difficult listen as well. And by that I mean in terms of the subject matter and everything like that. It's not. I don't mean it in terms of. Oh, that's hard work to listen to. I mean it is a to process it. It's a difficult, you know. Same mm. reason why I find bits of Radiohead difficult listens. Right. I guess. In I think of it in a weird way. The same way I think of a few words for the dead, which is that a few words for the dead needs a lot of room. Mm. To go in a set, you, you know, it, it builds up so slowly, and it's got such a, um, it's just, it's you know, it's, it's such one, one very, 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 very long crescendo, um, bit like King actually, for that matter. Um, that to drop something like that in mid set is 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 gonna be, you know, you. I don't know how to explain it. There's a kind of a um, there's a price to pay overall. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to effectively reduce the number of songs that you can play during the show. Mm. If we played Gaza, a few words for the dead, King, and Neverland, well, that'd probably be it. That's it. There, there won't be room for much, much else. else. And we we have written a lot of songs, so it's always a bit of a dilemma. Yeah. You wouldn't be getting Lucky Man that night, would you? No. No. <laughs> no. Um, shall we go for a bit of diary? Or if I nipped out. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, yes, of course. Has I he mean, gone? If you, if, you, if you send the signal up and nip off for a while, so they'll start playing it straight away. <laughs> 
we're creating a new myth, aren't we, about the band bursting to play Lucky Man and it all being my fault. Yes. I think it's a good myth. I think it's a nice myth. Either that or ABBA. At the point when you disappear off. (laughs) They burst into a bit of gimme, gimme, gimme. Mm. It's more likely to be... um... Shine on you, crazy diamond! I think is 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 the one that they're more likely to burst into yes. while I'm in the loo. Yes, yes, and you, and to be fair, that's great because you can take your time. <laughs> really? I could, I, I could take a newspaper. In. <laughs> you could, yeah, you could, you could, you could do Wordle and everything. Um, shall we go for a bit of diary? Yeah, I know you're trying. I know I am trying. trying. I'm going to have a third go, and then I'm just going to pass up on it. Yes, let's go for a bit of diary. Now, you're going to impress me now by by showing me that you've read it. I have you? read it's it. Just a, it's just a feeling I've got. I, I have, funnily enough, I have read it. And it was nothing to do with the fact that I was given a nod and a wink instruction to read it. I had read it anyway. Um, <laughs> but we're going to... Is it Memmingen? Because it, Memmingen, it's, yeah. I've, God, I didn't even know that. I've been, and I, I don't remember Memmingen existing. No. Um, so isn't it good that I wrote that down? Because I was reading it too this morning because I felt the need to sharpen up. Did you really? And uh, <laughs> and um, I thought, God, I remember that place at all. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute. I remember... Um, was that the one where Jens was ice skating? It was where Jens was ice skating, yes. Yeah, well, you're going to remember that. You're going to remember that. I mean, that. the in, sight of Jens ice skating is going to scar you for life. In pyjama bottoms, by the sounds of things. Flapping about yeah. in the cold breeze. They were. Um, if you can flap about in the cold breeze, you're doing well. <laughs> he was flapping about in the cold breeze. I don't mind telling no, you. No, that's impressive. Um, and the... Uh, the ladies of Memmingen were, were impressed that he's mm. flapping about. I don't mind telling you that either. No. And um, I do remember the the fireman putting the Christmas tree up as well. Yes, and with your little one. sly comment there. But I'll not mention what it was, but your little <laughs> sly comment in the diary. thought that was quite nice. It's <laughs> like dig at the firefighters. Obviously not at the moment while they're out on strike. But, you know, everything's fine. <laughs> Let's uh, let's go to Memmingen then. Mm, mm. That's something you don't say every day. <laughs> I've never said it before. Wednesday, seventeenth of November, Memmingen, Germany. Woke up at eight and spent a few minutes sitting at the front of the bus writing this diary. We're parked up in a car park somewhere on the edge of Memmingen. I assume it's where we're going. And everyone sounds like they're still asleep. It's pretty cold up here. I'll go downstairs and make a coffee. More later. It turns out we were in a car park next to a skating rink. When Jens found out, he went skating. I just went and had a look at him zipping about like Uncle Fester on ice, his baggy jammy bottoms fluttering in the air amidst German housewives and their young children. Checked into the Hotel Engelkeller around 12 and made my way to room 207 for a much-needed shower. Went out later with Niall and Hem for a wander, 
and had lunch at Hampton's Café on the Square, along with Roderick, who we ran into. Much confusion ensued over the order, and I ended up eating half of another chap's lunch before the waitress turned up with what I'd actually ordered. Said chap's girlfriend got quite arsy about it, adding much quiet mirth to the occasion. We're down near Munich, and Memmingen has plenty of Bavarian charm. The centre is pedestrianised, so we walked around the shops amidst old stuccoed walls and the occasional onion-shaped church tower. Tried on some jumpers in CNA. It's all glamour, but didn't buy anything. Found a bar and had a beer with a couple of Deep Purple's catering chefs who were already installed there. The catering girls appeared, fresh from shopping, and Lorraine showed us the tree decks she'd bought. Niall and I came back to the hotel and left Hem in there having a bite to eat. Hem later called to say that Don Airy had shown up and invited us over to his hotel for dinner. He'd said where, but not when. Mark, Steve, Hem and myself went over around 8pm to discover Don and his pals already on the dessert course. They offered me the strange dessert, which looked like an explosion in a Mr Whippy van, and I had one spoonful before deciding against it. Don seemed very relaxed and content to let his pals lead the conversation. Apparently they're members of his village out somewhere near Cambridge, and a thoroughly entertaining bunch. In my experience, you can usually judge a man by the quality of his friends. We stayed for half an hour before leaving him in peace. Rothers said he was past wanting to eat, so I took Mark back to the bar from this afternoon and we had a spot of dinner before returning to the hotel. Tuesday, 18th of November, Memmingen. Didn't make it downstairs till 12 and said a quick hello to the crew who were getting on the bus for the load-in. The band are going over at 3. Niall seems relaxed, but doesn't look too healthy. I think it's his age. I hope he doesn't immerse himself too fully in the rock and roll. I wouldn't want to be responsible for him going to hospital. That's my job. I went back into town alone and bought some gloves. Needless to say, I've left mine at home. I bumped back into Don's village pals and wished them good morning before going and having a spot of light lunch in Hampton's again. Ordered chai latte and the waitress brought coffee. Oh well, it's Germany. Outside in the square, the fire brigade were back working on the Christmas tree. No doubt a small cottage still blazes on the outskirts of town. And the lights were on. Took a couple of pics with my crappy iPhone camera. I'd left the good camera at home. Dope. I'll ask Gail to bring it with her to Berlin on Saturday. Perhaps she could bring a sweatshirt for Niall too. He's come on tour with summer clothes. Went back to the hotel to pack and had a chat with Lynetta on the phone. All's well at home, although Vibes has taken to putting a chair on top of the table and sitting on it. He's very proud of himself and obviously feels the need to be elevated. But if he falls off, else concerned that he might break his head. He came to the phone and said, I love you, Daddy. Bye. Which is great. It's obviously lovely to be told he loves me, but it's equally lovely to know that, although he hasn't forgotten me, my absence doesn't appear to upset him at all. We climbed aboard the bus for soundcheck, and we were taken back to the ice rink where Jens was skating yesterday morning. 
It has now been transformed into a gig, although there were still a few telltale exposed sections of ice floor backstage yet to be boarded over. As you might imagine, it was pretty cold in there. We were shown to our dressing room, the bar, an American-style sports bar complete with neons on the wood-panelled wall, and soon made our way to the chilly stage where we decided to knock through a song called The Damage. Unfortunately, this involved me playing guitar and therefore having to take my jacket off. Shivered through the song whilst delighting in my guitar sound, which is fabulous. Couldn't hear much else though. Ice rink acoustics leave something to be desired. In the end, we decided against the damage tonight, agreeing to run it again at tomorrow's sound check. I'll believe it when I hear it. Went to catering and had duck in orange sauce. Very civilised, considering the somewhat basic surroundings. Catering lady Lorraine said they had been plagued by, quote, power struggles in every sense of the phrase, unquote. Went back to the bus for a nap and emerged around seven to see the place filling up. Returned to the sports bar for a tequila and Red Bull to get into the zone before getting dressed and strapped into the radio system. The gig went very well tonight. Good reaction from the crowd, all the gear worked and we returned to the dressing room in celebratory mood. Probably consumed a bit too much across the sports bar and went to bed feeling distinctly sloshed. And we're back! And we didn't have a pause. We normally have a little two-minute regroup just to catch oh, our breath, but we're straight so, back in, aren't we? Sorry, am I driving you hard? I am a bit hard. A little bit, a little yeah, bit today, no, yeah. A little sorry. bit taskmaster, no, mas- masker, master today. <laughs> a taskmaster must be somebody who gets you to do the edges before you start painting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Car respraying, that kind of thing. Car respraying. Mm. So, so Memmingen's down, down south, isn't it? It's in it's in the Munich direction, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're down in. I don't, I don't know if we're in Bavaria, but we're down that part of the world. Yeah. Yes, most definitely. I enjoyed that deep purple tour because we went to all we went to parts of Germany Marillion don't normally go to. We, we you know it's it's always nice to go and play to the Germans, but mm. um, we always play at the same places. Because that's where our hotspots are. So it was quite nice to to go to a few few places I'd never heard of and groove around the town on the days off and have a look. Now I have to say I'm not somebody who studies the tour map. So I I know you play Stuttgart. I know you play Frankfurt. I know you play Cologne. That kind of area. And you've recently started playing in Berlin, haven't you? Yeah, Berlin's really, really come on for us, and so has Munich. But we've we've not been down to Munich for a while, and I miss it because that's mm. that's always a great crowd as well. Now, it was the south I was thinking that you that you didn't do. That was the area because obviously that's where we are now with you mm. know with Deep Purple. Um, and was Stuttgart as far down as you went then, as a, or go as a rule? Yeah, in re- in recent times, I don't know why we've missed Munich out. Pro- probably just venue availability that's usually mm. the reason um you've got so much time um 
in a con- you know in a country and bef- before you move on and sometimes places get left out because they just don't have a, the right sized gig available for you and on the days you're available mm. um but whenever we do play munich it's it's a really good vibe these days which it never used to be and berlin's the same berlin was always a bit ooh, um so so but not anymore i mean the last the la- i mean we're going back to do a, a weekend there in the same venue that we played on uh, on the recent tour which is a big venue and it was it was great it was full and the vibe was great so something's definitely kind of woken up for us in in berlin which is which is wonderful you've recently changed uh people that you work with in the uk in terms of venues that's why we've seen venue shift isn't it after all albert hall you started working with a different company and that brought about you know, places like York and change it, Bridgewater Hall in Manchester and those kind of places. I seem to recall you telling me that. Yeah, I um, think that's true. We started working with Kilimanjaro, the agency, uh, in order to do RAH, and and the relationship with them worked out so well. We, we we kept going because before that, we we would more or less promote the tours ourselves in the UK. Lucy would just get on the phone and sort it out. Yeah. Um, but Kilimanjaro did a good job. Um, they sold more tickets. They they promoted it better than we're capable of promoting it ourselves. Uh, and so there was a slight venue shift from, you know, if we were in Manchester, we'd usually go and play the academy, which was always great. Um, mm-hmm. But more recently, we've been doing the Bridgewater Hall, which is a bit posher. Uh, but the vibe's great in there as well. Mm. Do companies like that have reach overseas then? Or do they? does it tend to be that, you know, if it's Europe, you tend to work with the European company, and if it's the UK, you tend to work with somebody different? They do have reach. And I think we have done certain territories overseas via Kilimanjaro I think so I think we did Germany once via Kilimanjaro that was kind of where I was going with this to see if that Germany thing you know maybe the venues would change if you started to work with a company like like that to give you more options possibly or different options possibly we we, there's a company in Holland I think they're called Mojo and we've worked with them for years and then there's a there's a, a company in France that we've worked with for years. So we tend to stick with the people we've been, yeah. you know, that have that have, uh, have looked after us in the past if we've been happy with them. Um, but th- those those decisions tend to be on a tour-by-tour basis. basis. And Lucy mm. tends to make them. Um, she's got her finger on the pulse of that a bit, certainly mm. more than I have. Um, the one thing that comes over in the diary is that relationship, entry by entry, with Deep Purple is is building and flourishing. Yeah, I think this is the, the, the whether it's this entry or the next one, because uh, I've even read a bit further ahead, uh, where they wanted a photo. Um, yeah. You know, band and crew and what have you together. So and, and then little snippets of somebody coming over just to pass comment or wish you well or you know, say something nice or what have you. 
yeah, that's how it was. Uh, Roger Glover was always, he was the, well, I guess, I guess it was um, um, keyboard, keyboard player first and then, and then Roger started, you know, leaning against doorways, grinning, you know, when, when we came off stage and whatnot. Uh, he was very nice. Ian Pace was a bit more reserved. Um, Morse, as I said before, did that amazing thing where he came and screamed in my ear during smoke on the water. <laughs> um, and um, but but Ian was much more. Um, he wasn't reticent. He just wasn't there. Mm. Um, Lisa Wetton pointed out, she sent me a message in the week saying that he'd been diabetic for some years. And I, I, do, I, I did hear from their sound man that he'd had a few health scares and, and his doctors had said, look, you've either got to stop touring or you've got to be super careful, you know, go and do the shows and do nothing else. Mm. And so I think that's how he's decided... He can continue, you know. He basically just sits in his hotel, goes on stage, sings the songs, goes straight back. He he's not hanging out. Um, he's not sitting around in cold rooms, you know. Um, he's he's just, you know, in the hotel, in the limo, on stage, back in the limo, gone. So. As an opening act, there wasn't a lot of uh, opportunity for us to to be around Ian. No. Although I did burst in on him uh, while he was getting changed. I don't think that was on that tour. I think that was a one-off that we did with him. Um, it was in the summer. Were you even of... supporting him, or did you just go out of your way one evening to burst in on getting changed? No, I think we were... Did we do a little festival with him? I can't remember, but, but we were opening <laughs> And I burst into a porter cabin, which I thought was my, was ours, um, and they all looked the same. And Ian was getting Ian was getting changed. I think he might have been. He was either in his underwear or he was bollock naked, but he mm. he wasn't impressed. <laughs> I won't tell you what he called me, but not many people call me that. Not to me face, anyway. No. 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 Yeah, as I say, he was probably wishing he'd got some Velcro trousers. <laughs> Fairly shortly, you'd be able to knock him a pair up. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes. By the autumn, I want to yes. honed my skills. Yes, and you'll hear all about it here, folks, on the Odds and Socast. So <laughs> it's all it's all coming your way. <laughs> there's a gag there, isn't there? There's a singer gag, as in. So, oh yes, there's there? a singer it's gag hanging oh. in the air. God, singer with his singer. There you are. There you are. Oh, oh, there's a. Oh, yes. Is there, do we know a sewing song? Is there, is there some form of sewing it's a photo song? Photo as well, isn't it? I could do the album. <laughs> oh, they'd, they'd be all over you. You'd be on the side of buses, and <laughs> you know, I can, I can see it all. Old singer, actually. Hmm. Old singer. Mm. Mm. I've got an old singer. <laughs> So have I, said Lynetta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're channeling you. You're in a Lee Mac, aren't you? <laughs> what was it? I remember my grand's last words. 
Why are you coming towards me with that hammer, Lee? <laughs> Shall we stop there? <laughs> Shall we just stop there? <laughs> I thought we were on the sounds that can't be made. I thought we were running at it. Well, we, we, we've had a good run at it, but we've also been talking for 50-odd minutes. <laughs> We can carry on. I can do another. Do we do another one if you want? We can what? chuck another one in. What another song? You could do. We don't normally do it. Normally we do the songs before the diary, but we let, 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 should we shake it up a bit? Let's yeah, shake it up then. a bit. Go on. go on then. In which case, let's have let's have a few minutes on sounds that can't be made itself. I read. I was reading this morning. Uh, would you believe um, a interview you did for the Weber magazine when sounds that can't be made came out. That's great. Okay, that should frighten you because I'm going to offer you your you your words in a minute. Oh, good. Um, but you were saying that there's um, there's a there's a there's a Mike Scott link to sounds that can't be made. Gosh. One of the sections, Mike Hunter used to say you went off and did your Mike Scott bit. <laughs> he usually, yeah, he usually refers to the Mike Scott when I'm ranting in the background. Um, is there any ranting in the background? I'm trying to think of an example of that. Um, did I say that for sounds that can't be made? You did, yes. You see, in an interview, you, you inter for the interview you did for the web. Well, I don't know what I meant. Right. Or <laughs> I, okay. Well, See, this remember, is why we don't come back to songs after the diary. What well, what I remember about sounds that can't be made, uh, I think that that just came out of a jam. I got those chords because they're quite interesting chords. The bam, 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 um, and I think I think Ian was just whacking through a straight rock rhythm, you know, mid tempo rock, and um, I was banging. I found that string sound and I was um, just banging through that. It's probably a bit of a distant cousin of uh, Asylum Satellite 1 in a way, which is me playing kind of what Mike would call mitten chords, which is... <laughs> what um, a great phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Handy pandy, that kind of thing. <laughs> Mike sort of Mike calls those mitten chords because I like I like those complex. The thing about piano is that I don't know. It's to do with the harmonic content of the instrument. I think that that straight chords on piano, you know, major and minor chords, just aren't very interesting. And I think that's where a lot of jazz came from the, the the fact that people would start throwing um, clashing tones and clashing semitones in amongst chords to give them a bit of colour. Um, on guitar, the reverse is almost true. The 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 just opens and uh, uh, you know roots and fifths on a guitar, bang, just sound fantastic. Um, and in many ways, sound much nicer than than anything complex, you mm. know, um, to the ear. Whereas piano is always a little bit unappealing when it's just straight. And so, being a piano player, I've I 
I tend to got to to get into uh, all of these, you know, things, you know, as opposed to, you know, that that's not terribly interesting, but that's kind of more, you know. I like that shit. Mike calls them mitten chords. And I was playing those with a string sound, you know, the, the kind of, you know, that's a slow string sound, which sounds more like a Asylum Satellite one, doesn't it? You get that dark, mm. slight malevolent tone about it um so i was i was i was in mitten chord land and that's i think where sounds that can't be made came from the lyric we're now playing sounds that can't be made i think that was just about um the unspoken understanding that can that can occur between people where you can communicate without sound it, you know you just know um and i think it was also a nod at the fact that what the band now have going on with their fans is happening on that level there's there's a kind of knowing now amongst us all which is quite beautiful and and i think that that's linked in itself to a kind of faith that people have for us and for our music. Of course, I've written a song called Faith as well to try and explain or at least acknowledge that I know what you know, you know. It's not lost on me, this feeling that's out there. Um, I don't 100% get it because I'm part of the um, I'm an architect of it and like a man who paints a picture I'll never know what it feels like to just look at that picture for what it is and so I envy you if you if if you hear what we've done because I'll never know how that feels because it, I've been the architect of it and I've, I've been there as it's gone together you know every brush stroke has been put there either by mistake or on purpose but I've been party to that and so I'll, I'll never know what that painting truly looks like unless I leave it alone for 10 years like I did with Lucky Man and then Lucky put Man, it on yeah. and go oh my god <laughs> but you've got some sense of it because you've experienced it with other artists um Oh yeah, you can put yourself in that situation about a Blue Nile track or about whatever it might be. Yeah, and go right. Well, is that how people feel about us? Because that's how I feel about this. Yeah, God, I really hope so. Because I, I have heard songs, you know, by uh, the Blue Nile, by Prefab Sprout, uh, by Leonard Cohen that 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 have just wiped me out and. The thought of our music being able to do that to someone else is, uh, I mean, that's as good as it gets. Mm. So uh, I do hope that that's what happens. But I'll, 
I'll, I guess I'll never properly know. And if I did, I might relax a bit, which is probably not a good idea. No. You don't want me relaxing or nothing else will get the, done. Do you know the last time that happened to me? What? When something wiped me out. Mm. Last week's Crooncast. <laughs> what, what, am I falling in love again? Yes. Blimey. Because you started off and there was a little, there's a little bit of a kind of a slight, you know, nod towards the accent. But actually that, as the track went on, that that disappeared, and then all I got was your broken voice at the end. And I don't mean broken in that way. I mean I, your voice, and it. And actually, I found it really moving. Thank you. Well, I did. You know, I did. songs like that are so bound up in in the. You know, you can't see falling in love again without thinking of Marlene Dietrich and the and the kind of comic comic German um, aspect of it um, so it's very hard not to have that as a starting point but then it is um, a kind of a universal truth as well isn't it and so I did get lost in it very quickly yeah and you could tell you could hear it about halfway through and I was walking I was walking listening to it it was Thursday evening and it was dark, and I was on my own, and I was just coming back into the village, and I, I did. I found it. I found it, you know, quite moving. Well, In fact, cheers. more than quite moving, actually. Hmm. Well, that's lovely. So, there we are. Thank you. And any time, any time. Of course, I'm more excited about your sewing lessons, but yeah, you know, mainly for the photo little... op. <laughs> I'm going to come back to sounds that can't be made in terms oh, of the song. What a relief. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to come back to sewing. <laughs> no. <laughs> Might do. Might do. I'm going to come back to, you know, people are going to start delivering you little sewing boxes this week. <laughs> You're going to get those little cushion you, things to put your pins it in. Now, which means it will happen. <laughs> it's happen. I will come back to it next week. And we're going to come back to I'm going to get sounds a, that can't I'm be made. I'm going to get a knit, knit your own lobster kit now, aren't I? That, <laughs> that's what's coming my way. I think the best lobsters are crocheted. Yeah, I know. Um, That's what I meant. Um, I think we'll come back to Sounds That Can't Be Made, the track to start next week. Remind me. That's where we're going to start because I'm going to get that article and I'll find the bit that you said about the Mike Scott thing. Okay. Okay? And we'll we'll start there and then we'll work out from, from there next week. All right. I tell, you what, I tell you what is in Sounds That Can't Be Made, which... which was put there quite deliberately, which is the, um, the 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 line of feel the wind blowing in the palms of my mind. Um, it was obviously literal for, you know, of this idea of, of having palm trees in your mind and the, and the wind blowing in them and the, the, that sense of paradise and bounty adverts and all of that. But, but, I was also referencing um, Voodoo Child, um, ah. where he says, I stand up next to the mountain, chop it down with the ledge of my hand. I thought the palms of my mind was like the ledge of my hand. Um, so that was a little nod to Jimmy, which people may not have got. How would you? But there you go. They've got it now. And I thought I'd throw that in on the end because I'll have forgot. I'll, I'll definitely have forgot to say. Forgotten that by week. next week, <laughs> right? Right. 
So until next time, then, we haven't even talked Croomcast either. No idea what's coming next. I look forward to this now. Right. Well, I've no idea what's coming next. No. Who can say? Who can say? Not me. Bavarian drinking tune or something. No, Steve. No.
Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.